Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter on Zoom yet again with Eli McCann and Nick Morley. Hey, fellas. Hey, hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. Quarantined. Quarantine. Quarantine time of our lives. Uh, Nick, what have you been watching? Okay, so... uh, Guys, you know at the end of Friday Night Lights when Tim Riggins goes and he builds that house? Yes. Okay, I'm so, so glad you're going to talk about this. So, so it, it turns out that that house he was building was the compound for the Branch Davidians in Central Texas. Uh, so if you, watch, if you watch the show Waco, he turns into a, into a cult leader. Uh, so quite the, quite the shift. I mean, he stayed in Texas, which was his his whole goal. Uh, but man, man, what a turn. Uh, but no, Waco was good. Uh, I was, I was really impressed with how it was done. Um, I think it was a tough, a tough story to tell. And I think they did it the right way. And they actually had a really cool cast too. They had, um, they had Melissa Benoist, um, and Julia Garner from Ozark. Wait, Um, who's Melissa Benoist? She was, she was the girlfriend in Whiplash. Um, or she was oh, the temporary yeah. one. Um, and she's in that CW Supergirl show, which I thought was kind of a weird mm. turn for her. Cause I thought she was going to do more like indie stuff, but I, I guess everyone needs money. Uh, but, um, and then Avi Taylor Kitsch was awesome. And um, Michael Shannon was great. He's one of my favorites. So like, I thought the, the cast was really good. It was like the perfect amount. That's why I like miniseries so much. It's like, Six episodes. They tell the story really well, uh, so that's that's definitely one that I would recommend. And did you? How much did you know about Waco before watching nothing. the series? I knew I, nothing. I I think I I've always gotten it mixed up with um. Where, where's the one where they all killed themselves? Jonestown. Jonestown. I think I've always yeah. just kind of like thought they were the same. So watching this, I was like, oh, this isn't a suicide situation. This is a shoot off. There is a cult. Um, but Taylor Kitsch is so good in it. He's really good. And yeah. one one thing that like really surprised me about the series is like, it's a heavy subject matter. Like, and I kind of knew that going in like, oh, there's a cult and people are going to die. Like it's heavy, but like, it's like, yeah, like you said, like six or seven episodes and yeah. the first like six episodes are like tense, but you know, like yeah. normal. And then the last episode is horrific. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It, I, it is, I was in shock. I could, I yeah, it. I could not believe like the amount of tonal shift because it go, it does go from intense to just like one of the most horrific things. And I was just like, oh, this is not the show I've been watching for the last few days. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I was extremely impressed. Netflix baited me into watching it because it was one of like the things on the ads that's like when you log yeah. in, it's like this is what you should be watching. So I was like, yeah, let's. Let's do it. And I'm so happy I did. Yeah. Um, and Wait, next thing. Yeah, sorry, before we move on. Uh, someone, I was talking with someone about it. I haven't watched it yet, but they had just started it. And they said they were worried because it felt like they were making um, Taylor Kitsch a sympathetic character. Mm. Did that end up being true? You know, I feel like they make him out to be somebody who is like extremely controlling like people in characters within the show who are like his allies even admit like, oh, he's a narcissist. Yeah. Like he's, 
he's kind of nuts, but they also think he's really smart. And the guy was really smart. Like oh, you can't, sure. you can't accomplish what he accomplished. You can't be a cult leader without like being intelligent. Super yeah. charismatic, really smart. Like yeah. definitely knew what to say at the right time. But at the same time, everybody kind of knew that he was a little bit off base with everything that he was doing and a little bit unreasonable. The, the show does not beat around the bush about the fact that he like took on child brides and they're, they're not sympathetic. I do not feel like the show is sympathetic about that aspect at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Nick, what else? Yes. Sorry. Um, and I think Eli and I need to have just like a separate episode to talk about this because we haven't talked, but season three of Ozark, like, oh. I haven't, I haven't been on the pod for a while and I haven't, and we haven't covered it, but it's a, it's now reached the upper echelon of, of television. Like we're, I yeah. thought we were, I thought we were there season two, but now it's like, it's instilled in the pantheon of my favorite TV shows. Like, and all credit goes to Jason Bateman, um, oh. somebody that can direct and can act like that. Like I am just. I I was so thrilled with how it turned out because I was I was worried going into it that I'm like all right what what plot are they going to go with now because right. like I feel like it could be overdone and then um, they picked just the perfect little things to touch on and they brought some characters back and they they kept within the whole theme and tone of how the show was going and I. I, I want them to do two more seasons and I, and I want them to call it good. Cause I think that would be the perfect yeah. length to tie things up yeah. two more seasons and then like, let it be one of the greats. Like let it, let it have that ending. So yeah. It's, where, where, it's do you so want, good. where do you want the family to end up? Like, what are you rooting for them to get to in this show? I mean, I, I think the only way that it ends is I, I think the kids make it out but Marty doesn't make it. There's like, there's no way. Like, I think he's, the, he's just going to get way Bateman's too, dead, yeah. yeah. He's just going to get way too over his head, but uh, the, I, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for those um, that haven't watched it. Yeah. Like uh, disclosure, Laura Linney is a close personal friend of mine um, right. and she's in it, but the, there is a, like a, an episode or two in the middle of season three where she basically sits in a car drinking herself into oblivion for like an episode or two and it is some of the best acting i have ever it's seen amazing. she's trying to like deal with a horrific thing that has happened to her and nobody knows how to help her and she's just sitting in like basically a walmart parking lot just drinking a giant jug of cheap vodka and it was like gut-wrenching to watch yeah. season three of ozark is honestly like a top five best season of a television show i have ever seen <laughs> oh, meg have you yeah. seen it no and i'll be taking next week off so you guys can continue this conversation on a whole okay. separate right. episode okay all right, cool all right surprise <laughs> right, where are you going yeah uh, i will just play animal crossing while you two do that <laughs> all right all right all i'm right. done i'm done Okay. No, I, I wasn't upset about the conversation. It's just clearly you both have a lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eli, what have you been watching? Okay, so I was going to talk about Waco. Obviously, I'm still watching Survivor. I'm sorry, but there are two weeks left of this. 
two weeks ago, there was an episode that it was the best thing I've ever seen on television. And it's still like, I can't sleep at night because I lie in bed thinking about it. So all my survivor peeps out there, um, Meg, Jolyn and I are going to record an episode when the season ends, where we finally just talk about the details of season 40. Right, Meg? Mm -hmm. Sure. Are you caught up? Yeah. Great. Okay. So um, the other night, because Netflix uh, coursed me into it, I hit play on a television miniseries called Hollywood. And oh. Watching that? No, I saw the uh, app. I, How is it? I watched the trailer. I watched the whole trailer. Yeah. So I made it like an episode and a half. I did not know what it was about, except that it looked like it was old Hollywood, which I was like, oh, who doesn't love old Hollywood? Mm-hmm. It's basically the story of like a bunch of Mel gigolos who like work at a gas station and it's horrible. I got an episode and a half in and I was like, I hate this so much. Why do I hate this so much? And then I Googled it. It is a Ryan Murphy production. Uh, Yeah. I was like, like, that's why I hate it. It is. Yeah. Like everything that I hate about Ryan Murphy is like in the show don't watch it but like it's popular i don't know if you like people who weaponize their sexuality (sighs) well and that was that was the thing is um what's his name showed up in the second episode darren chris and i hate darren chris is he the one from glee yes that had like dark complexion yeah and he's like built his career off of pretending to be gay um so he (laughs) shows up he shows up like in the second episode and that's actually, as soon as he showed up, I was like, I'm out and I hit stop. And then I saw that it was Ryan Murphy. I'm like, of course it's Ryan Murphy. Okay. Um, because everybody is freaking out about it on Twitter, I started Normal People last oh, night yeah. on Hulu. Have you, have you guys watched it? No. No. What'd you think? I'm two episodes and people are so excited about the show. So far, it is just long scenes of teenagers having sex So I don't know if it's going to be for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like an Irish show. And it's about like these two teenagers in high school who have a lot of sex. And so I don't, I don't think I can recommend it yet, but people are freaking out about it. So why is that? You know why? I just keep seeing like on Twitter, people are like, never has there been a show that was more real and honest about what monogamy and intimacy look like. A show about high schoolers? right? Like they're 17. And I think like the idea is like they're innocent in discovering intimacy. And so we're seeing it through like the lens of people who like haven't been exposed to the world. I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying it, but I don't recommend it to you guys. Cover your eyes a lot. And then um, finally over the weekend. So I like to watch old musicals. My husband hates hates musicals but like every once in a while I'm like it's my turn to pick we're gonna watch an old musical and so over the weekend I made him I've never seen it and I rented on Amazon The King and I from 1956. Ooh that probably has not aged well. Oh if ever there was a movie that did not age well it is The King and I like within 10 seconds we were like oh, this is horrifically offensive. We only made it about 20 minutes. And then I was like, I cannot be here anymore. I cannot like occupy the same space as this story. Yeah. It is terrible. But if there are King, like, King and I fans out there, I would love to hear from you on what I'm missing. But it is not a good movie, not a good musical. I loved Wait, it when is- I was a child. 
Is that the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane? Is that the king and I? No, that's my fair lady. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The king and I, she goes to Siam. And, uh, you know, there's there's a good deal of racism. All of like uh, the, the quote unquote Asian people are actually like Puerto Rican actors <laughs> and yeah. they're like clearly not Asian <laughs> in the mood. It's very bad. So that's what I've been watching. Yikes. Big yikes. Mm. Meg. Uh, so I, I had Irene on last week's to talk about the bachelor presents, listen to your heart. <laughs> and she recommended top chef, which is a show I've always meant to watch and then never really got around to so on her recommendation i finally started it and it is really great it's like a great phone show like i just need something to i don't want to think too deeply about anything but i still want to be entertained but i want to be half entertained while i'm scrolling whatever the great thing about shows on bravo is that the people are crazy which makes Top Chef like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, like that's what I think anyway. Like they they make great food. Don't get me wrong, but like there's an entertainment value that I'm looking for when I'm watching that show. And totally. It delivers. Totally. Yeah. And then further in the season you get, and the more you get to know these people and their personalities, the more fun it gets. And they're in Kentucky in this season that I'm watching, season eleven, which I believe is the most recent season. So it's like good food. It's not like tiny plates with a lot of garnishes. It's like fried. Yeah delicious southern food so it's fun to watch them make it um and then i watched the parks and rec special that they did oh, how was it fundraiser. it was great i mean it was it was honestly i think the best that they could do as a zoom show because they all just had to zoom in mm-hmm. uh it was there were parts of it that were kind of corny but they you know they had like you heard with purd and it started out with paul rudd um as his character in the show lots of just like familiar faces and it was fun and it was fun to see everyone again and it ended and i felt really sad that it's a show that's no longer on the air because i would take more and more seasons of that right now one thing that i've noticed about reboots generally is it's I think it's really hard for these people to pick up characters that have been dead for a while. And so what ends up happening is the characters always feel really one dimensional to me. So it's like you, you bring back a show and like, here's a character that was kind of a type A personality, but like when the show was on, there were more dimensions to that. But when they bring it back, it's like just the type A, like let's right. like jump right into this character. Like the, the, like the, the basic thing that it was, did you feel like, the characters felt like what they were before. I, I thought that Amy Poehler was probably the worst part. Okay. Um, I think for that reason is because you, you had spent so much time with her in the show and really watched her character develop. And it's hard to jump back into that, but people like April Ludgate, like great, you know, um, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. And like Jerry, great. Um, even Adam Scott, whatever his character's name is, like just they, it was great. And they all, you know, and like, honestly, the best part was like Joan Calamezzo. Um, oh, I love her. You know, just like all the yeah. little bits that they did, you heard with Purd. They just included everybody from the town and it was a lot of fun. Fun. So, yeah. To answer your question, yeah, like Amy Puller, I think that was the part where you were like, oh, you're not quite what you were when this show was regular, but still a delight um so that's what i've been watching 
Tonight, we have gathered to do a that guy appreciation. And by that guy, we mean that guy that's in all the things you watch and you always recognize him, but you don't know his name. And that, that guy we're talking about tonight is Jason Manzukis. Now, we're talking about Jason Manzukis because a podcast that Eli, I know you listen to, Nick, I'm not sure if you listen to Reply All or not. Um, Don't. Reply All is great. And I would say it's like one of the first big podcasts. It's a podcast that a lot of people listen to. Um, and they are launching a new show. And to announce that they're launching this new show, they brought on a guest this week, uh, Jason Manzukis, because Jason Manzukis happens to be a movie buff, and the podcast that they are launching is called The Scaredy Cats Horror Show, wherein I can't remember which of them is afraid of scary movies and which of them loves them, but one of them loves scary movies, one of them hates scary movies, and the one that loves <laughs> scary movies is making the one that hates them watch the scary movie and so he made him watch the exorcist this week and jason manzukis was there to help explain the exorcist and why it's a good movie the thing about jason manzukis for me is that i'm always happy that he's there mm -hmm. i feel like jason manzukis is salt in that he makes like everything better so mm -hmm. i want to hear from you guys what you know Jason Manzukis for and what your favorite Jason Manzukis moments are. Nick? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Uh, so uh, a friend of mine in college recommended this semi-scripted show about um, a group of friends that are in a fantasy football league, but it was, uh, but it's really not about the, the fantasy football league at all. It's just about the, the craziness that they get into. So it's, it's Paul Shear, Mark Duplass, Nick Kroll, and then, um, then, then season two is when Jason Manzukis shows up, and he plays the most perfect crazy person. He plays Nick Kroll's brother-in-law, that um, just shows up at the most inopportune times and says the craziest stuff and um, gets really violent and really angry. And like, he he plays like the perfect crazy guy because he's got like this crazy hair and this great beard, and like he's just like so different looking than anyone else that I've ever seen, like in a in a sitcom type of role. And like, he seems to like embody that essence in every other sitcom that I've seen him in. Like, uh, like Dennis Feinstein, like he comes off as like a really suave, like type of type of guy, but like there's another side to him that's just like kind of crazy, uh, which uh, I think is what, what makes him so much fun. And that's what makes him so much fun to listen to on a podcast, like how did this get made too? It's just, he, he he's loud, but he's not like abrasive. Uh, like he, he totally plays it like as someone that you'd really want to listen to all the time. So Dennis Feinstein is, of course, his character on Parks and Rec, uh, the perfumier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the cologne empire uh, holder. Sense like yearning and <laughs> uh, I forget the other ones, but it's it's so well written. Like I, I feel like his characters are really, really well written, too. So that that always helps. And if you don't know him from that, you know him from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, or you know him from I'm Sorry, or you know him from The Good Place. He's mm -hmm. in all of those. Eli, do you have a favorite Jason Manzukis moment? Okay, so yeah, I, I listened to How Did This Get Made, the podcast, where they like take terrible, terrible movies and go through them and talk about 
how they got made. I think he's great. He's got a super distinct voice. So I've heard him show up on pop culture podcasts and they don't even need, like, you don't even need to introduce this guy. He's one of these people who's both, both his face and his voice are like, if you hear or see it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know who that is. Yeah. I just read something on his Wikipedia page that is blowing my mind. Okay, which one is it? I think, okay, go. On the personal section, it says he was previously in a relationship with actress Connie Britton. Did you guys know this? What? Really? <laughs> According to Wikipedia, he was with Connie Britton for a while. Wow. What a pair. What? <laughs> what a pair. I like Can you imagine having dinner with those two. Oh, I, I would love it. to. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Can you imagine two humans who seem less like they would be together than yeah. Jason Manzoukas and Connie Britton? Yeah. What? Yeah, pretty wild. Another uh, Wikipedia uh, factoid, he has a deathly egg allergy. Like, he can't eat eggs at all. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, and according to Wikipedia, this has caused him to become a hypochondriac. Do you guys need to know anything else from Wikipedia? Here's the thing, though. I don't think, is it hypochondria or is it like a valid fear? Well, like, if you are, so hypochondria, what, is an irrational fear that you're going to be hurt by something? So if becoming so obsessive over the egg thing has caused him to, like, be that way in other parts of his life, then maybe that becomes hypochondria? Yeah, or maybe... Let's bring in our medical expert. <laughs> Let's not. I've heard too much from medical experts. Like. Yeah, no more. <laughs> Don't listen to the scientists! <laughs> Um, it's my turn. Okay. I have two things. One is the episode of How Did This Get Made, where they talk about Safe Haven. Safe Haven is a Nicholas Sparks movie that was adapted into a novel, truly one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. And Jason Manzoukas talks about how he cried watching Safe Haven, how he was moved to tears by the end of Safe Haven and it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. So look up that episode of How Did This Get Made. Second, he, uh, have you guys watched Nailed It? Uh-huh. I've seen an episode. So Nailed It, they often bring on comedians as guest judges. And he did the New Year's Eve 2018 episode. And this is a show on Netflix. And he kept trying to count everybody down to the new year even though it's netflix and it's pre-taped and people are gonna watch it whenever they're gonna watch it but he kept trying to ring in the new year as though it were live tv <laughs> incredible and then he has an interaction with a guest with one of the contestants uh where he has her go back and repeat something that she had said and he just really keeps like drilling down to make sure she's understanding this absurd thing that she has said. And I'm not going to explain it to you because I want you to go watch it and enjoy it. Legitimately, one of the funniest things I've ever seen, the camera shakes because the cameraman is laughing so hard. Really? And then this camera that's over on one side of the soundstage switches and shows all a line of three cameras where three cameramen are wiping tears from their eyes because they're laughing 
so hard. <laughs> it's one of the very funniest things I've ever seen. Huh. Do yourself a favor and look up that New Year's Eve episode of Nailed It, starring Jason Manzoukas. Now, I have a question. Why, why do you think we haven't seen like a Jason Manzoukas breakthrough that makes him a household name? Or do you think that's yet to come? I mean, he's like mid to late 40s at this point. Is he always yeah. going to be a that guy? To me, he's, he's kind of like the dude version of Rachel Dratch. Mm. Every, oh. time, every time Rachel Dratch shows up in something, I'm like, oh, you're the funniest part of this thing that's happening. Yeah. But I kind of think that if you tried to cast that as the lead, it would become too much. And I have heard people say that Jason Manzoukas is too much. They can only do a little bit of Jason Manzoukas at a time. And maybe that's valid. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's got, like, his shtick, you know? And, like, that's... And, I mean, as long as he's happy with it, like, and it seems like he gets a lot of work. Like, he doesn't struggle, like, getting bookings or anything like that. But, like, I think, I think those comments are valid like i mean it could it could be a lot to have one full episode of just like a crazy character like he normally plays you know like no, and no one to like offset him like but maybe if you did throw somebody in there that did offset him it would help but i don't do you think he you know, could play like the like. straight guy could he be the lead in something he never seems to play somebody that you're rooting for yeah I will say my least favorite thing he's done is his, uh, he had a number of episodes in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where he was dating one of the female officers and it was too much. The yeah. two of them together was too much and it, I didn't particularly love that role. I wonder if given the opportunity though with like, you know, like an Adam Sandler does punch drunk love or something, if he could do it, mm -hmm. maybe... Maybe not. I heard an interview with him. Uh, I can't remember the podcast, but he was talking about meeting with an agent, I think in the late 90s. And she was talking to him and she said, it's going to take people a while to understand you. It's going to take them a while to understand who you are and what your humor is. Give it about 10 years. And about 10 years later, he did land the league. Um, and his career took off. So he's always been kind of one of those people where people just aren't sure what to make of him at first and then either love him or hate him, I think. Mm. I love him. Well, there you go. Wow. <laughs> I think he's great. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, I want to talk about more of that, guys, in future episodes. Eli, I know that in preparation for this episode... Um, I did not understand the assignment. Yeah, and that's that's my failure of communication. But you came up a list of that girls, did you not? Yeah, I did. Okay, let's hear them. Oh, you want it right now? Yeah. Okay, let me pull it back up here. Just one second. I got it on my phone. If Judy Greer's not on it. She is. Good. Yeah, except Skylar and I had a debate about whether or not she is still a that girl because she kind of started landing bigger roles. Still not the lead in anything. She, yeah, that's true. Because like Miss Congeniality, she's not the lead because Sandra Bullock is. Is she in Miss Congeniality? Judy Greer. 
I don't think Oh, no, so. no, 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 no. 13 I'm, going on 30. Yeah, 13 going on 30. I literally oh, was right. I was thinking 13 going on 30 and said Miss Congeniality. Thank you. Sure. Yes, because um, she plays the best friend role. Yeah, she shows up in a lot of stuff as the friend. But no. Um, Margot Martindale, you know her. She was the mom in Million Dollar Baby, like the crazy mom who like goes to Disneyland and then shows up at the hospital. Look her up. She was also in The Good Wife. She played like the Democratic uh, chair. Um, she's in everything. She's in The Americans. She's in The Americans as well. Yeah. Um, so she's a, she's a good one. Um, we were kind of debating over whether Rachel Dratch still counts as a that girl. She's pretty recognizable. She's pretty, yeah. I mean, she was an SNL person for a while, and so maybe that automatically disqualifies you. One of my favorites of all time is Julie Haggerty. Do you know her? I know she, the name. She started an airplane, and oh. then she has just. Hey, she's in. She's in Marriage Story, right? She's in Marriage Story. Yeah. She, she was also in Just Friends with um, Ryan Reynolds, like several years right. ago. She just and, uh, <laughs> Jungle the Jungle. I, I don't know that. I don't know that. Classic Tim Allen. Tim Allen vehicle. That so good. <laughs> she is very, very funny, and always has been. And like, I don't know. She she did star in Airplane, and so maybe she was like a bigger household name, like when I was a baby and now has become a that girl. I don't know, but I think she is definitely a that girl now mm-hmm. or that gal now or whatever. Um, but like, she's a face that if you look her up, Julie, Julie, um, what's her name? I just said it. Haggerty. Haggerty. If you look her up, you'll be like, oh yeah, I've seen her in a bunch of things and she is very funny. But like most people I don't think would be able to recognize her name like off the bat. So those were like the kind of big ones that I came up with. I would the like one to that add... I was thinking of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Jen Barkley. Yeah, Jen Barkley. Uh, yeah, good one. <laughs> she she's legitimately one of my favorite actors. We watched the Romanoffs last year, and it was garbage. Except she has an episode that is so good. I think about it all the time. It was the one good thing to come out of the Romanoffs. I recommend you go watch it. She had a series recently on HBO. I didn't really watch it because it seemed like it was going to be pretty uncomfortable. Um, but like every role she gets, I'm like, Catherine, I'm so proud of you. Her, her character in Parks and Rec is a top 10 TV character. So funny. Incredible. I want to be her. Like I want to actually, like sometimes when I'm at my job and I'm starting to get intimidated by like my job, I'm like, I need to channel that character from Parks and Rec and just like be competent and confident. When she looks at Leslie, she gives Leslie some advice and she says, you can listen to me. You can trust me because I don't care enough about you to lie to you. Yeah. Iconic. (laughs) Uh, Iconic. Uh, The one that girl I was thinking of that can be a little bit much sometimes, but I like most of the stuff she's in is uh, Kristen Skull. I think is her last name. Oh, I love Kristen. Uh, I think it's. uh, She is in Last Man on Earth, and she is so funny in that show. And like every voice that she does, like the Bob's Burgers role that she has, is so good. And like she shows up as a guest, like in so many different shows. And I'm always just so pleased when she shows up. And she's the crazy page on yeah. Thirty Rock too. What do you think uh, about Thirty Rock? I was just gonna ask you. 
I don't I think she's fun. Like it it's like they threw in like another crazy crazy characters, but like I thought that always belonged to Tracy, but I I was all about it. Like I didn't I wasn't opposed to it. She's on Flight of the Concords. I think that's where she got her big start. Did you guys watch the Flight of the Concords series? Yeah. So yeah. great. I love that. I have not thought about that in years. Yeah. She was she was really great on that. And she was a correspondent on the Daily Show. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to do more of these. I think they're fun. I think that the that guy and the that girls are fun to talk about. Uh, so we'll be back with more of those in the future. Uh, for now, we got to wrap up before my Zoom cuts out. Guys, I'm so tired of Zoom. Well, let's get back together. Okay. Um... <laughs> Thank you so we're much. We're on level orange now. Aren't we allowed to? Yeah, we're level orange in Utah now, Meg. We let's, can, uh, let's we talk can about this offline. Out. We can make out again. We're gonna we're gonna be the subject of some Twitter <laughs> rage. Twitter rage if we keep this. All right, up. guys. Okay, thanks so much. See you later. Bye. See ya.